Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome back to the Raise Your Vibration podcast. I am your host, Shelby Rose. Today, I have someone that I am so excited to share. I have like full body chills as I'm recording this right now. I am so excited for you guys to listen to this episode, especially you animal lovers out there. Um, if you don't know Alex Anderson, she uh, her Instagram and TikTok handle are pet talk with Alex. And I'm just going to say go follow her now because I found her on TikTok and fell in love with all of the stories that she shared about the animals that she works with. And for those of you that don't know Alex, Alex is an animal communicator. And obviously, if you guys follow me on Instagram, you know, I am obsessed with my dog. I'm obsessed with Dahlia. And I've always felt this knowing that she has the this emotion, this humanness, this like deep connection with me. And I've always felt this bit of a telepathic connection with her, but not to the point where I'm actually able to communicate with her. And I've really been searching for someone like Alex over the past few months and was so excited when I stumbled across her TikTok. Um, Alex has incredible stories, but she has a really cool background. Um, Alex has loved animals forever. She shares this on her podcast on the podcast episode we recorded, but she also has a background in NLP and coaching, which is really useful when she's working with these different animals and different behaviors. So this is an incredible episode. I know all you animal or non-animal lovers, um, or maybe you love animals and just don't have pets of your own, but want to develop a deeper connection with animals. Um, this is the episode, you guys. So before we dive in, I have a few quick announcements. I am recording this on Sunday, right before Drops Monday. And you guys, I could not be more excited for this week. I have four incredible Black Friday specials dropping Starting on Friday, the 25th at midnight, so the Thursday going into Friday, we are dropping them to the email list. So if you're not on my email list, go to the show notes, click the Black Friday, get on the email list, and here's something special that you guys need to know. You need to confirm your subscription. So right when you fill that form out and get on the list, we're going to send you an email that says like, hey, did you really want to sign up for you know the Black Friday specials? You need to confirm that subscription to get the emails when they drop. If you're wondering if you're on my email list, I did send an email out on, I believe like Wednesday or Thursday, maybe Friday of this week. So you can double check your inbox, check your promotions, check your spam. Um, if it's not in there, then go ahead and get on the email list. If you're wondering what the specials are, you guys, I am dropping a retreat on Friday the 25th, which I cannot wait. The last retreat and the one before that were so incredible. They brought back this, like they brought me back to life as a facilitator. And I know the participants felt the same way. I've gotten so many messages from the women who attended that said, I feel like I'm reconnected to myself. I feel like I'm re-inspired. I feel like I'm reignited. And that is really my intention for these. There's a, there's a combination of community as well as this deep connection to self. So that's going to drop Friday at midnight. I would set an alarm. You guys have had at least 10 people reach out and say like, I want in and there are only seven spots. Saturday, so y'all, I went thrifting over the weekend. I was my first time thrifting. I wanted to get into it for a long time. I know it's more like eco-friendly. I'm kind of over the fast fashion world, like wanting to just do my part a little bit, but like also really intimidated by thrifting. So one of my friends took me. And one of the things that kind of made me feel overwhelmed around thrifting, and I promise this is tying into what we're going to talk about, is that you pay, you're taking clothes that other people have worn and you don't know the energetic imprints that are like placed on the clothing. And obviously I do energy work. I do energy clearing. I can clear the clothes. I got over that quickly as I started to work in the quantum realms and understand energetics. But if you're someone like I am, who's like, okay, I have these clothes that have like bad memories attached to them. I want to clear them or I'm, you know, getting stuff from a thrift store or secondhand and I just want to clear out any energy that may have been left there by the person who wore them before it. So the quantum clearing masterclass that is dropping on Saturday is going to give you the tools to clear your energy, your physical space, your, you know, if you ha are a coach or a mentor, it's going to teach you how to seal and clear your containers. The same principles that I teach in that quantum clearing masterclass can also be applied to, oh my gosh, tongue twister, 
apply to physical items as well. So I'm really excited for that to drop because it's normally $111. It's going to be $44 for Saturday only. Sunday, if you have been wanting to work with me one-on-one, I have some like, I probably will never put them out again at this price point, but I'm dropping six one-on-one business and energetic intensive. So if you're someone who has a business or if you're someone who's working to manifest something in your life that you feel like the energy is just off, you're showing up, you have the strategy, you're doing the things and something energetically is off. That is really the intentions of these sessions is to help you one, get clarity if you need clarity on strategy with a business, but two, if you feel like you already are doing the strategy and things aren't quite going the way you hoped or anticipated, the energetic sessions are going to help you clarify what is the energy that is blocking the manifestation. And again, these are only $111 for Sunday of this weekend only. So Sunday, I think it's the 27th. And then y'all, the 28th. So we're going out with a bang. The Quantum Healing Academy is dropping officially. We're opening enrollment up to the public on Monday of this weekend. So Cyber Monday, it is opening. If you have been wanting to learn how to do quantum healing practices work, how to navigate the energetic realms, how to understand what you're picking up in your client's field, how to help your clients clear their energy, repair energetic repairs, all of that is a part of the Quantum Healing Academy certification program. It is $3,333 regular price. This weekend only, there are gonna be three spots open at $2,555. Payment plans are gonna be available, extended payment plans. So if that's a big chunk of change for you right now, we do have very extended payment plans. And then there's gonna be three more spots at $2,888. So I'm sharing all of this so that you guys can know what's coming set your alarms for midnight because there are limited spots for each of these. So the midnight going into the day is when it's going to drop to my email list. I know that there are people setting their alarms, especially for that retreat. Um, and all of these are only at that price point for that day. And they are all having limited spots. So seven spots for the retreat total, 10 spots for the quantum clearing masterclass, six spots for the, one-on-one sessions and six spots at a discounted price for the Quantum Healing Academy. All right, that is in the show notes. Thank you for coming here. Thank you for um, being a part of this and let's dive into the episode. Well, Alex, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to have this conversation. Uh, I was just sharing right before I hit record that there have been a ton of people who have asked for animal communication, how to better understand what our animals are signaling to us and I mean, this is what you do. So share a little bit yeah. with the listeners who you are, what you do. And I would love to know how you got into this. <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> That's a great question. So um, I was actually in real estate for eight years and I loved it, but it wasn't my my all-time full passion. And so um, I went the NLP route. So I went and learned neuro-linguistic programming and I was doing human coaching for a long time. And I've been an avid animal freak my entire life. My poor parents can't tell you how many times I would like bring home stray critters. And <laughs> <laughs> I bred my hamsters behind my parents' backs. Like we we moved from Michigan for four days to Utah with like four hamsters in the back of this minivan. So, <laughs> oh my God, amazing. <laughs> so, you know, long history of collecting. Um So animals have always been a huge passion of mine. And even when I got into NLP, it was um, in the long run, an avenue that I wanted to take the healing work that I was doing with people and utilize them with animals. And theoretically to me, I like to get really creative. I'm like, well, if we can communicate properly with them, then there's no reason we can't use these same healing modalities to help them with the same healing work that, that we're doing ourselves. And I was like, cool. The only thing we need to do now is bridge the gap between the communication piece. (laughs) So, so I was like, all right, I'm going to go do that. Um, Communication, I think is something that we all do very naturally. Mm -hmm. It's obviously something that they do super, super naturally. We tend to just lose the sense as we get older and we grow up and we're programmed that this sort of thing isn't real. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But children are very natural at this. Like they're very natural with a lot of spiritual skills. And, um, it's when we kind of start to deprogram that and we remember how to do it 
um, by like practical application and practicing kind of like working the muscle of sorts Mm -hmm. that we begin to do the skill again. So that's exactly what I did. I was like, all right, we're going to start a really good workout routine for this telepathic muscle. And, um, and thus began my journey with animal communication. So, um, it was sort of the, the rest is history after that. I I love that you share like a workout routine for the telepathic Mm -hmm. skill, because I think that like, I teach a lot of healing work, like energy work. And I always tell people, anyone can do what I do. Literally anyone who wants to practice it and learn the skill set can do it. And you have to be open to it and you have to be receptive. And of course, what I found was I did not think I was a psychic person. I don't know if you've had this, like felt this too. It's like, I'm not psychic. I don't see ghosts. I don't see like spirits. I'm not psychic, but it was when I started a program and I started to learn, oh my God, now I have all of these skill sets. I just needed to learn how to utilize them. Then it started to come online. Yeah. So, and I love having the NLP background because, um, it's actually, so all of our psychic skills, including telepathy, this type of communication, um, anything that has to do with the psychic realm or spiritual realm is ruled by our unconscious mind. And so our unconscious mind has access to all of these things. It's our conscious mind that tends to get in the way or the programming, right? That the people telling us as we're growing up that this stuff is fictional or the movies telling us that this stuff is fictional. Hollywood is is always telling us this stuff is fictional, right? So once we're able to get the the conscious mind on board with consciously practicing alongside the unconscious mind, the unconscious mind already knows how to do it. Mm. It just has to be convinced that it can. And so once we get the conscious mind on board with it, getting the unconscious mind to help us practice is super easy. And that's when we start to kind of, that's why I like to call it a remembrance of the skill more than Mm. anything else, because it's already here. It's already within each and every one of us everyone can do it. It's not some special gift just bestowed on a few lucky people, right? Yeah. Um, anyone can learn. We just have to know how to work with the mind, which is essentially like the muscle I'm talking about, um, to get on board and, and do it properly and do it with intention. <laughs> I had hit mute for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am ironically, I'm dog sitting right now. So she was like whining at my feet as you were talking. I was That's like, funny. <laughs> I can't unmute myself. Um, okay. So you always share all sorts of stories. So what, are, like when you started to develop this skill, how did it feel when you had random animals telling you things? And <laughs> for those of you who don't know Alex, go follow her on TikTok or Instagram. You share your stories, both places, but I just love the little nuggets you're sharing. How did it feel when you started to communicate with these animals and what started to come through? Yeah, great question. So unfortunately for me at first, um, what was coming through was something that was high emotion, right? Because that has a very strong energetic charge and I wasn't doing it on purpose at the beginning. Um, It was kind of coming in accidentally. I wanted to, so I was asking for it, right? So my unconscious mind heard the call and was like, all right, boo, we got this. I'm going to give you some avenues and show you that we can. Um, Sometimes that's all it takes. And so a big pivotal moment for me was I was feeding my horse. We had just put this big bale out for them for free feeding. And he took took a chunk of the corner and um, came over to the fence and all of a sudden looked really lethargic. And, um, I'd never seen a horse choke in my entire horse ownership life. I've had horses for over 20 years, but it's not what you think it would look like. Um, and if anyone out there has horses, they can relate that. I thought that it was maybe colic, which is a belly issue and intestinal twisting problem. And so I'm staring at him and I'm trying to figure this out. I start to panic and call the vet and you know, trying to get him an appointment to bring him in right away because it seems like an emergency. And as I step away, I hear very clearly in my head, somebody yelled and said, I can't breathe. And it was so undeniable to me that that happened, that I knew it was him. And I looked at him and I said, oh my gosh, I think he's choking. And so I was telling my vet what the symptoms were. And my vet said, yes, he is choking. 
Now, horses choking are a little bit different than humans choking. They can actually resolve it more often than not on their own. Um, however, I'm a better safe than sorry kind of gal, and I still loaded yeah. him up right away and took him in. But um, that I actually had to process that for quite a while that night. And I was like, am I crazy? Did I really hear that? Did that happen? And so um, I have full body chills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, this is like, and tears in my eyes because. Oh. Yeah, it was huge. It was a big moment for me. Um, and that was really the moment that I was like, that it confirmed to me, okay, anyone can really do this. Mm. And how do I do that again? And how do I do it on purpose when I want to? and with purpose and intention. And so that's where I started practicing. Amazing. And now you have all sorts of funny. I love that. <laughs> yeah, now I have all the, sorts of fun stories. I was like, can, can we start this off with like telling the story, um, the hairbrush story at the dog park was like <laughs> oh my one God. of my all-time favorites. I was like, oh my God, stop. <laughs> <laughs> this was the best thing ever. <laughs> and we'll have to see if I can even remember it because I have so many stories now. I do so many sessions that sometimes when I'm out of a session or I'm out of the situation, I tend to forget, but this one was so good. So I'm at the dog park. I tried to do these little dog park chronicles online. Um, unfortunately with the weather, we haven't gone in a while, but um, <laughs> we're at the dog park and my dog Ginger is the sweetest. She's a little Irish setter mix and I'm sitting down and <laughs> she walks past this older gentleman. He's probably in his seventies and he's sitting in this chair and she walks by him and he pulls this brush out and goes and strokes Ginger as she's walking by from the top of her head all the way down her back. Now she turns around and immediately looks at him like, what the heck just happened? And I was like, <laughs> whoa, I'm laughing my butt off. And I'm thinking like, oh, Ginger probably hated that. And when I went to go ask her about it, she said, no, she thought it was awfully sweet. She thought it was so sweet that he thought to take the brush out. And then it gets better. So I'm like, okay, that's awesome. Then he's got this little dog that's running around. And all of a sudden she comes and jumps on his lap. And she tells him to start brushing her. So he does. He starts giving her a couple brushes. And then she thanks him really loud and says, thank you, and jumps off and goes back and starts playing again. So she took like a brush break from her oh dad <laughs> the dog bark which was so cute oh my god adorable yeah and I think you shared something too that your dog had said that you got that dogs actually like and care about mm -hmm. how their hair is yeah so and I asked Ginger that in the car once we were done and she did she shared with me that dogs like to look nice at the park and so she thought it was really thoughtful and sweet that he was that in tune with his dog that he gave her that. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll do, I'll do better at that. I I loved that because I was, I would joke, like I have this hair oil that I use and I just like put it on Dahlia for some reason. Cause it smells really good. And I was <laughs> like, I, I don't know. It'll make her look pretty. And she gets, it's like, we're in Denver. So there's the air is really dry here. Like she gets dandruff. So I was like, maybe this will <laughs> yeah. help her. And I swore the next day at the park, she was like, more flirtatious and she has this like little boy gang of dogs that like follow her around at the park and it's like <laughs> she loves it she's a flirt she likes the attention I was like I swear I swear <laughs> she is more flirtatious with her hair oil well I mean if you think about it when we go out and we're kind of dressed up and we look good and our hair is good and we're more confident yeah right we enjoy that. I didn't even think about it. I mean, I learn new stuff from them every single day, but I didn't even think about that one. And Ginger was like, yeah, we like to look nice for each other. We notice each other's hair. And I was like, oh, I guess we do too. And to me, that just like proves, cause you, you know, you kind of like notice things and feel things as a pet owner, but that they have such complex inner dialogue and such complex inner feelings is something that I'm so excited to learn more about. And I think it's so incredible. Yeah. I mean, they surprise me even on a day-to-day -day basis, the amount of information that they take in, what they understand, how they break things down. Mm. Um, I mean, they pay attention to everything that we do, everything that we say, and they're constantly dissecting it. I've even had dogs tell me they know how to spell certain words. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Amazing. And yeah. that's, I want to get those little, uh, speaking buttons for Dahlia. Yes. Cause I think that like the fact that there are so many dogs that are able to actually have full 
short sentence conversations with their owners over these buttons. I'm like, they're so much more intelligent than we have even any awareness of. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So one of the things that you had mentioned is like behavioral stuff, which I think is something that's really interesting. And also I've always wondered, like, why do some dogs act up in certain situations? Why do some dogs like feel more nervous? Why are more aggressive? Like what, what have you learned with working with a lot of different types of dogs? What's behind a lot of these behavioral things? Mm, this is such an excellent question. I'm so glad you're bringing this up. This is a topic that I'm extremely passionate about. Because I can't tell you how many times people will reach out to me and say that their dog has this huge behavioral problem and they just want me to tell them to stop. And I'm like, okay, that's also like me sticking a basketball in your hand and saying, hey, I want you to go do a layup, even though you've never done one before. Yeah. Right. It's kind of an impossible and unfair request because animals have unconscious um, strategies for everything they do, just like people do. So behind mm. all of our habits, <laughs> this is so of, good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> behind all of our habits, we have unconscious reasons that we put the habit together in the first place, right? And that's made up of our unique experiences, belief systems, emotions, trauma. I mean, all sorts of things. We have um, unconscious strategies for how we find love, for how we know we found love, um, mm. for our buying strategies. I mean, we have unconscious strategies for everything. And animals are no different. So asking them to simply stop a behavior, while sometimes we can do that in sessions and it's really successful, is not fair all the time. Um, Because there's a reason that they set up this behavior in the first place Mm -hmm. and that they created it in the first place. And typically it's because their unconscious mind, like ours, thinks that it's serving them in some way. And there are emotions behind it that are fueling the fire, right? So a lot of the work that I'm doing with them when I'm working on behavioral stuff and we're doing actual healing work is helping the root cause of why they created it in the first place and releasing the emotions that are keeping and storing the behavior and kind of fueling that behavior. And once we're able to release those, we have to then come up with a new strategy to put in place to redirect the animal. And that's where people miss the mark the most is because they just want the behavior to stop, right? But like ours, like just like us, when we create new habits, we have to consciously focus on that new habit for a certain amount of time in order for it to become the new unconscious way of operating and being. And animals need help with the same thing. So my clients have the most success when they actually go home and implement the new strategy and the new plan that we created together to help them come up with new strategies and ways of being as well. That makes sense. mm -hmm. It's like, if you're a human being and your bad habit is like binge watching Netflix every night and you don't like, (laughs) I just had to do this. I like store my TV. It like, I get so addicted to TV shows. I'm like, I just need to store my TV and only take it out for special occasions. Like I need a new habit to replace this because otherwise it's like, it comes six o'clock at night. It's dark outside what do I do? Turn on the TV. And like your dog is the same way as what I'm kind of picking up. They need a new habit to replace it. Yes. And sometimes there, there are some situations that are super easy and we can fix simply by mediation. So, um, and sometimes I just, I know that I sort of act as a mediator in my sessions. So if we have two animals that aren't getting along, animals have reasons for everything that they do, just like we do, whether we're consciously aware of it or not. And so a lot of the times when I go in and talk to animals who aren't getting along, it's simply that, well, I didn't know that they were going to be here for forever. Right. And so like, I've had that situation so many times with animals that are new to the, to the family. And maybe a few of them aren't getting along with each other is the primary animal who's been there a long time. Didn't realize the secondary animal is actually going to be a permanent stay. And so to them, especially if they have a history of abandonment or moving or new homes Mm -hmm. they might not want they might be more reluctant to create that relationship for fear that it's just going to be taken away from them and so a lot of the times with those types of situations it is as simple as clarifying with them nope this gets to be your lifelong companion and this is an opportunity to make a new friend and the relationship changes almost immediately 
So those types of things are pretty simple to correct, but other things might need some more steps. Oh my gosh, how sweet. They're just afraid of getting their hearts broken. They are. Too. They absolutely oh are. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's yeah. that baby. Dahlia's like jumping. She never jumps at me during it. I was like, she must feel it. Um, oh, there was something. Oh, I want to go back to you said something about releasing the emotions and helping your pups like move through when there is an emotion or a trigger or a trauma that happened that's creating the behavior. How do you help your like clients move through the emotion if they're a pup or Great an question. animal? Any, yeah. any animal. So I actually take the exact same approach with animals that I would take with humans back when I was doing this work with humans predominantly. And um, the only difference is actually that animals are so much easier because humans have so many reasons that we hold on to stuff, right? Um, We hold on to things for dear life because we're like, well, what would life be without my problems? So animals are not that way. Animals, when they're given an opportunity to release something, um, they're like, oh, heck yes, I'm in this 110%, let's go. So I have a few different methods and modalities that I like to use. And some of them are some NLP things, including like timeline techniques, where we take the unconscious mind back to the root cause or the gestalt of the issue where we they picked it up in the first place and we release it there and collect the learnings that they were supposed to learn. Um, but my biggest tool is actually something called ancient Hawaiian Huna. And it's not something that very many people are familiar with. Most people are familiar with things like Reiki as far as energy work is concerned. Um, but Huna not only works with the chakra system, but it works predominantly in the mind first. And we're releasing things from the mental plane and then simultaneously from the physical plane. And with Huna, I can work with a whole cluster of emotions all at one time versus with an NLP timeline technique, we'd have to go through one by one. But sometimes I'll even combine the two, but it just depends on the situation. Oh, so cool. Yeah. And do you like, so this, I don't know why I'm like asking this, but I'm just curious, do they like express it in a way? Like, can you tell when they're feeling impressed? Like, what is the, what is the animal's reaction to Mm. processing the, I don't know. I'm just like fascinated. That's a great question. Yeah. So this is what's so fun is doing this portion of the session with them is super fast and it's way easy. Um, So typically what I do is I elicit the emotions first. So I want to know exactly what emotions we're working on. Now, there are five major negative emotions that humans um, bring on or attach to on an unconscious level. And I do the same, though I do those emotions with animals as well. So I have five predominant ones that are kind of a starting point for me. And for each emotion, I'll ask them, Um, If there are any related emotions or synonyms of the emotions that they could possibly think of, because if it's something they can think of, it's probably something they've experienced. And so I'll have a whole list of emotions that we're working with. And typically we do things like abandonment a lot, um, frustration, sadness, those types of things. Um, Once I have collected the list, um, I take them through the clearing process. And once they've actually started to release things, this is also a very intuitive process for me. And I, of course, elicit my angelic team to facilitate. And so they're giving me directions as well as the animal during it. But, you know, I've had all sorts of reactions from, oh, I feel so warm now and light and I can feel the emotional release from them as well um, to animals saying, okay, I'm going to go take a really good poop now. (laughs) They're literally (laughs) releasing. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god amazing like like humans when you release yep. emotions like it really it's yep. amazing <laughs> yeah yeah it's the reactions oh range <laughs> yeah oh my god that's awesome yep. that's yep. so some cool. people will tell me that their animal goes and takes a really good nap afterwards or um I had a woman let me know that her dog actually slept for like most of the day uh, one time afterwards, he's wow. just integrating and processing. And so, yeah, God, feeling the feels. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Amazing. Mm-hmm. They're just so like, they're such precious beings. Like they truly, are. I don't, I don't understand how we get so blessed to have these little nuggets around all the time. 
I don't know how I'm so blessed that I get to work with them all day long. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Literally a dream and a dream also because there's less resistance there. Like the humans do have so much resistance and programming yeah. and I've heard things where dogs do or animals enjoy. I keep saying dogs because that's what's right in front of me. Um, take a little longer or take a little less time to set back because they are so open and they just want to feel good. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. And they're here to teach us that. And that's what's really cool is that every time I do these sessions, it's not only for them, but it's a really beautiful example to their owner and whomever is is around um, about how complicated we make things. And they tell me that all the time. They're like, all you guys do is think. You think about everything and you overcomplicate love and yada, yada, you know? So oh my God. they're such, <laughs> <laughs> such excellent <laughs> teachers. I mean, um, yeah, it's just, it's really amazing to see to the, the correlation between what an animal goes through and um, how it connects with, you know, what a human is going through on the personal level as well. I was going to a lot ask, of the time it lines up. Yeah. Like, have you noticed trends of, there's two questions that are kind of coming up right now of animals saying that they're here to teach their own or something. Cause I always think like each animal I've had has had different lessons that I receive from it. And then the other part of that, um, do animals really reflect their humans? Like if a human is highly anxious, do you see that that animal takes some of that on? I know those are two separate questions, but I'm just, I need to say them before I they like Great question. dissolve into the yeah. abyss. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to start with your second question and then you'll have to probably remind me back of the first one, but um, yes, 100% they reflect, um, every, everything from us. I mean, this is, I actually am planning on doing an entire course on how your animal mirrors you and how you can use that as a compass for your own inner work. Because, um, a lot of the times when I'm working with an animal with behavioral stuff, we're also working with the human as well. And there's somehow some way, mm. whether they realize it or not, that they're contributing or creating the problem in the first place. So to give you an example, I have a really amazing client in Germany who um, reached out to me because she had this dog since he was a puppy. So there's no previous trauma there, you know, mm -hmm. stereotypical that you would think from like a, a shelter dog or something like that, that correlates with behavioral issues. And he started to exhibit some aggressive behaviors and it did get to the point that somebody reported them and they had a court hearing coming up which is where she felt, you know, it was time to seek out my services so that yeah. we could set them up. Um, thankfully, the German courts handle things a little bit differently than we're used to here in the States. But um, so when we were working with them and I was asking the dog about the aggression issues, he actually led me back to mom. And once we mm -hmm. discovered and had a conversation with mom and she got, you know, open and vulnerable with me, which is huge because that allows me to do my job so much better. Yeah. Um, she shared with me that she also had some unresolved trauma. And when they would go on walks, she felt unsafe mm -hmm. and their encounters always happened on a walk. Oh and gosh. so, mm -hmm. so I actually began to work with both of them. Um, I worked with mom on her unresolved traumas and feeling unsafe on the walk. And then on simultaneously, I worked with the dog as well, because if they're picking things up from us, they might not always know the reason behind it. Yeah. They just know that energetically they're responding to something, yeah. right? Because they're so connected to us. And thankfully I can share that they passed the course with flying colors and they're still together today successfully and haven't had an incident, but so that sort of thing happens all the time. It also happened with me. Um, my horse had ulcers so bad one time that he was put in the vet for a week. Um, and my vet asked me, he was like, you know, he's a pasture horse. What does he have to be so stressed out about? And I was like, I don't know. And then I realized that during that time, I was actually going through one of the hardest points in my life and that he was picking up on my stress and my sadness. And that is ultimately what resulted in his his physical ailment. So gosh. we can be that connected, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And it makes so much sense that like they care so much and they're so open that they would start to feel what we feel. Yeah. And a lot of them are master healers, you know? So, 
Um, so sometimes, and I have to create this boundary with, with animals sometimes where they maybe are taking on too much from their owner thinking, oh, this is my job. Um, I even actually, this is, <laughs> might sound silly, but sometimes if I'm having a hard time and I need a minute to cry, I'll go cry in my bathroom away from my dogs so they don't take anything on from me then. Um, just to make sure we're covering bases here. That makes a lot of sense. Cause it's like, I, we always, my parents have this golden retriever and he, like my mom even says, and she's like open to this, like the woo a little bit, but not really. But like, she's like the, my niece and nephew will just go lay on the dogs. And like, I was, I went through a really tough time in 2020 and I lived with my parents for like a month or two. And this dog, I would just, he would like come over and he would give me the best hugs. And I would just feel like at peace around him. Like there is something about this dog in particular that just feels like he is like transmuting this energy it was insane. Yeah. They're incredible with that. Um, I've known multiple horses that have been master healers. Cats actually are most mm. often. <laughs> I was going to say, they're the ones that are supposed to like alchemize and transmute. I have another woman who's like, does specific energy work with animals. And she said that cats are the ones that like yep. alchemize and clear energy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Their purrs are even, um, their purrs are very high vibrational frequency to them. Mm. And so a lot of the times when they're laying on us and they're purring, they're helping transmute and move the energy in our bodies, which is so funny because even science hasn't been able to totally nail down the reason behind a cat's purr. So mm. um, this is a lot of the times the feedback that they give me. Amazing. Okay. So from your experience, the different types of animals have different purposes and within that type of animal, do they have reasons that they come to us or that they're here? Ooh, great question. Um, yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> so <laughs> animals have contracts with us similar to how we have contracts with each other mm -hmm. on, on a soul level, right? So these would be um, <clears throat> predetermined contracts before incarna incarnation happens that they're going to come find us at a specific time. Our souls have decided to enjoy life together and um, experience certain things and learn specific things from one another for the greatest evolutionary growth of, oh of all of us. <laughs> yeah, I know. Let me just mute myself. <laughs> yes. Yes. So it's really, really incredible. Um, especially when I get to get into a session and we ask an animal, not everyone asks this question, but, um, and when they do, it's because they're ready to hear it. Um, and the animal's always open and ready to, to share that information with them. But there are reasons to why they're here. There's certain things that each animal brings in. There are certain roles that they play. And they also have contracts with each other. Um, I have animals oftentimes tell me that they're going to be coming back to the same owner to refacilitate new contracts and new teachings, depending on the chapter of life that they're in. And that animal is going to be um, either helping them heal or teaching them something specific, even if it has to do with their own behavioral issue, right? Sometimes their behavioral issues, there's a purpose behind that to teach us something about patience or teach us something about being creative or even financial abundance, right? To go find a trainer um, and, and bring in new prosperity to be able to provide a new relationship. I mean, the list goes on and on. It's the, the options are endless. Oh my God, amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, and I just like cried because I was like, God, my little Dahlia came in at such a like pivotal time in my life. And I was like, yeah, I know she came in for certain things. And it's so yeah. cool that they, they also, it seems like have a little bit of an awareness of what they're coming to do here. Yeah. I've even, um, had, um, just before we hopped on this call, um, I had a dog share with me why um, they went through a shelter situation and why they had their previous home prior to their their mom. And it was, and their previous home was really rough. She was kept in a crate most of her life and it resulted in a lot of health issues. And she says that um, it was here to teach um, about love, about an abundance of love and compassion, even for people who are hurting, because she said the people that kept her in the crate and didn't treat her properly, how we would perceive to be 
treating an animal properly, right? Because mm-hmm. it's all about our perception of how we view the situation. Yeah. But that she was supposed to be learning compassion for people who were hurting. And she mm-hmm. said that those folks were hurting and oh were doing gosh. the best that they could. So it's just, it's really incredible. I, <laughs> the amount of, um, uh, the lack of judgment on their part for situations is mind blowing to me all the time. Wow. Like we can learn so much just from that alone. So much, so much. It's something I tell my students when I'm teaching this skill right off the bat, um, is that it's, it's not for us to judge any situation in any session. We have to go in, um, and take our opinions and our perceptions of things and leave them at the door so that we can be open to Mm -hmm. them sharing with us what their perception is, because it's never what we think. Wow. Wow. They're very evolved little creatures. (laughs) They are. They're so incredible. I just like, I can't. They're just so incredible. Okay. So let's, let's, I think the three main ones that I'm thinking about, like horses, cats, and dogs, what are their typical purposes? Like, what do they come here for? And maybe I just asking this, cause this is the three we've talked about in this session. <laughs> so also the three animals. I'm like, I have a dog. One of my friends has a cat. Another one of my friends has a horse. So let's yep. go. <laughs> and I have all three. So <laughs> amazing. <laughs> yeah. So Um, I for sure would say that all across the board, love is going to be a very um, uh, traditional purpose there. And I'm actually asking three of mine to come forward from each category to see if they can share a little bit more with us here on the call. Um, But love is going to be a big general one. Um, Unconditional love specifically, because animals operate on the plane of unconditional love, that vibrational frequency of unconditional love. Um, It's why in order for us to communicate with them, we have to do it from a space of love, right? Mm. That's what allows that communication connection to happen in the first place. Without it, it won't. And that's actually where you see some people connect and some people don't because most people who are connecting, they're doing it from their heart space, right? We have to have that heart space involved. And so that's something they're teaching us. Numero uno is is probably their biggest priority. On an individual aspect, you know, the horses are really interesting because a lot of what I'm hearing from the collective from them right now is changing a paradigm with the way that we handle horses and the way that we're owning or we're, we have ownership over them um, because horses are moved around and they transfer ownership more than any animal on the planet. Mm-hmm. And we use them as tools a lot of the time. And um, versus, you know, if we have a dog, more often than not, people who buy a dog want to keep the dog forever. Mm-hmm. And even when the dog is old and can no longer catch a ball, we still keep them versus mm-hmm. with horses. If we can no longer use them, they no longer provide value to us. And we typically sell them off. Now, horses are really working to change that paradigm right now and make the stronger connection with people so that we start to view the relationship differently. Um, which is really incredible because horses are some of the greatest healers I've ever had the privilege to work with and come in contact with. And in my experience, all horses used to be people in a past life. So their level of connection, yeah, their level of connection with us is different. And that's why people feel, they feel the difference. I mean, anytime you go to a horse, you know, it's a completely different connection than any other animal. It's Mm -hmm. totally different. And that's because we connect with humans similar to how we connect with, with, with horses, but even on a greater scale. So they have a really incredible um, opportunity to help the world pivot on a pretty mass scale. Um, and then dogs, of course, <laughs> dogs and cats are so fun because on the evolutionary scale, um, I would say they're all equal, but I, I also believe that we're all, all equal as far as the evolutionary process is concerned. We just have different points of of evolution, but dogs for sure are here um, to incorporate this play, right? This play, this mm-hmm. love, this lightheartedness, um, this simplistic way of viewing life and going about things while simultaneously cats are more complex. And on the healing scale, they're both incredible. Um, but cats bring in this complexity, right? This kind of methodical way of, of viewing life and, and breaking things down and looking at things and bringing in the sense of independence. Um, 
And so they're so funny that way because they are to me the perfect yin and yang to each mm-hmm. other. Um, <laughs> so, so I love cat and dog households because um, the energy there is is really, really fun to witness and play with and have them talk about because they complement each other really well. Almost like the, I just am like, the cat is like methodical and almost like a tiny bit neurotic and needs that like play of the <laughs> the dog. And the yes. dog needs a little bit more of the Yes. Yes. Uh, adorable. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's funny because it fits our personality traits and a lot of the time matches re- up really well with whatever the human is needing. Right. So humans that are really gravitating towards the dog, they might really need that yin and yang portion that they bring to the table of the play and the lightheartedness and the simplicity. Yes. Right. Yes. And then <laughs> someone who is attracted to the cat might need somebody because um, cats are very grounding. So somebody who's already pretty playful. So for me is like an air sign. I'm a pretty hard air sign. So I'm constantly up in the clouds. Right. And my cat is constantly bringing me back. Um, Mm. Yeah. That's so good. Cause it's like, I have my whole chart. I have like two signs, not in earth. And I need someone to like, remind me to play Mm -hmm. and have fun and be lighthearted and like, Dahlia is that (laughs) she's that spirited little like bubble of joy snuggly yeah queen just yep yeah yeah that's incredible so cool (laughs) I know I feel like I had more to ask you and it's gone I'm like there was something else I wanted to know uh is there anything that you're like I really want to share this with people Oh gosh, so many things. I'm so glad we've been able to cover so much. Um, but um, I guess my biggest thing would be <clears throat> when it comes to animal communication, I, I can share some tips for um, looking for an animal communicator or hiring someone and and what to do in sessions. Yes. And actually, as you're saying that, this is something, because one of the things that you shared on Instagram that I think was really helpful for people to know when they are working with a communicator is like the health issue stuff. Because yes. I think a lot of time people are seeking that out, either behavioral or health issues with their animal that they want to get answers. And you said something really, I think, important about their, they wouldn't know their own diagnosis probably. Totally. So let's, let's get into both of that of like, when you're in the mindset of, okay, I want to work with someone who communicates with animals. What do you look for? And also expectations to bring into the session. So you're not thinking that unrealistic things are going to happen. Absolutely. That the health thing was actually top of my mind. Um, so hiring an animal communicator is, is specific to every, each individual, right? Because we connect with certain people and we don't connect with others. And Mm -hmm. I'm not for everyone, just like you know, somebody else isn't, you know, I'll, like not everyone is my perfect client. So yeah. Um, when searching out an animal communicator um, in the spiritual space, uh, finding the right person and somebody that um, in, in energetically you vibe with is going to be important, but also make sure that um, you're finding somebody that maybe has a little bit of work under their belt or maybe some testimonials. Um, there are lots of fake accounts out there. Um, so if you're looking on social media, that would be my biggest thing is if somebody's messaging you and soliciting business, I'd be very wary of that. Um, (laughs) you, you have your leg, you know, Um, (laughs) I I have an imposter account that's been trying to scam people out of money on, you know, uh, pretending to be me for a long time. So I would be nervous, you know, keep, keep an eye on those types of things. Make sure that you're finding somebody who seems to have a legitimately run business, and then once you're actually in the animal communication session, my biggest expectation for folks is to not expect answers to everything mm. because animals aren't going, they're not all knowing gods of the earth, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just, Wait, like not, yeah. <laughs> Just like we're not. Yeah. Just like we're not. And especially when it comes to medical related things, um, a lot of the times people will come to me wanting a shortcut to avoid the vet. Mm. And nobody is going to find that with me. I am never a replacement and an animal communicator should never be a replacement for professional veterinary care. Um, They should always be in addition to so that you're bringing your animal in on the conversation on their own health, which is such a kind thing to do. 
because they have opinions about their bodies just like we do, right? I don't yeah. want someone to take me to the doctor and say, you're going to the doctor for this today, but we're not going to tell you anything else. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> oh, now we're making decisions on your behalf and take this pill and do this thing, and but you're not going to know what it is, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, and we don't think about those things, which is totally fair because again, we care and we're wanting to do this from a space of love. But mm-hmm. it is such a nice thing to bring them in on the conversation, especially because they can provide invaluable insight. However, we can't expect them to self-diagnose. Yeah. So I have people wanting to do that all the time and um, wanting to ask their dog, you know, do they have cancer? Or do they have this going on with their gut or yada, yada? Now, it's similar to us where we can tell the doctor, hey, I'm having this pain here. Mm-hmm. This is when it seems to flare up. This is when it's better, Right. Um, that will give us really good indication and clues to then go take to a professional to figure out exactly what's going on, but yeah. they're not always going to have an exact answer. My dog one time thought he had cancer, told an animal communicator years ago that he had cancer and I was hysterical. So I was at the beginning stages of my um, career um, or my journey and I was taking everything literally and it turned out he did not have cancer. He did have something going on exactly where he said. So he was correct that something was happening Mm -hmm. and he was correct about where he was not correct that it was cancer. And he's still alive and happy with me today. (laughs) (laughs) Fact that like they have that vocabulary to be like, I think I have this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Incredible. But also like, sweetie, no. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm glad he didn't. (laughs) Yeah. Same. Same. Yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Okay. So I have actually, as you're saying this, is it helpful even if we aren't able to fully communicate? Because I feel like I tell Dahlia a lot of things like I'm going to be back in five hours. I'm going to be back in or like, I'll just kind of explain things to her. Is that something that they, even if we can't understand them, that they're able to understand it or is it everything telepathic for them? That's an excellent question. I would say both. So um, this is such a good topic, actually. So we can verbalize things to them and they'll pick up on it all the time, right? Um, So it's an excellent thing to do, especially when we're leaving the house to just fill them in and say, hey, yep, I'm going to be gone for five hours. I will be home in just a little bit or I will be home right before the sun goes down. They really understand time as far as the sun and the moon and the cycles there. So it's a really easy way to describe time to them because their sense of time, as far as hours is concerned, can be a little wonky. Yeah. Um, now, some animals are pretty in tune with that and they're like dialed in. They're like, cool, three hours, I'm good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> while other animals are like, three hours feels like six, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. Um, so I try to tell them, especially if I'm going on vacation, I'll say, um, you know, I'm going to be gone for three moons or something mm. like that. So they can count the moons that go. Yeah. And that's a really easy way to digest uh, that sense of time for them. Um, otherwise, they can also pick up on all of your thoughts anyway. They're pretty dialed in. So wow. this is it's, <laughs> in, it's, it's amazing. I can't tell you how many times animals will actually like collect ideas out of my head from previous sessions that I completely forgot about that they will then say, well, what about this one? And I'm like, oh my God, how did you know about that? Because they're in tune with me during that time. So, um, so they're pretty in tune with, with people as well. And a lot of the times we're mistaking our own ideas when they're actually, um, the incoming messages from our pets. So to give you an example, I had a mini horse one time I was doing a session with, and he said, I really want dad to take me on walks through the neighborhood. And the mom started laughing and she was like, oh my gosh, he says that all the time in the kitchen that he thinks he should take him on walks through the neighborhood. And I'm like, well, he's not actually making that up himself. He's collecting that thought. He's receiving that from the mini horse. He just thinks it's his own idea. So that kind of thing happens all the time. That's like the hair oil thing. I'm like, why am I doing this? I just felt like the, like, I was putting in my hair and Dahlia walks into the bathroom and I was like, we're going to put this in your hair too. Like, I think she wanted it. Yeah. Oh my God. This is so cool. Yeah. The fun part is when you start to actually practice it and you can start to figure out where in your mind, your own thoughts come from. And Mm. then where in your mind, the external messages come from. And once you can figure out the difference, you can start really communicating with purpose. 
but they get it anyway. So this is also where I tell um, equestrians this all the time, people who ride horses, be Mm -hmm. very careful about what you're bringing up in your head because you're actually sending them that image of however you think something's going to go. So if you're on a trail ride and you see a big plastic bag, that's going to be terrifying to the horse. And you're like thinking to yourself, oh my God, my horse is going to freak out once we walk past this bag. And then I'm going to end up on the side of the trail and my horse is going to run down and you start to spiral. Mm. Well, you're sending that entire situation and that scenario to your horse and they're receiving it. Versus if you were to stay completely focused on how you want the outcome to go, what you want versus what you don't want, then you're sending your horse that image and you're more likely to get that. Oh my God. Amazing. So I'm even thinking like, I've been working a lot. Dahlia like loves the dog park dogs, but if a new dog comes in, she'll like go up and like bark in their face. And I've been like working on recall with her to just like break focus. But yep, there was a two week period where I was like, so afraid every new dog that would come in, like, oh my God, she's going to bark in the face. She's going to bark. Like I could totally see her picking up on yeah. the like, go bark in the face, go bark in the face. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so like yes. that kind of situation would be a good example of like, yeah. be mindful of what you're thinking about. It's such an excellent invitation for us to like really deepen our inner work, Yeah, you know, and start to um, take control of our thoughts, which honestly is a skill that would translate into any part of our life. So yes, it's, yes. It's, it's like, it's like manifestation, anyway. but yes. like, let's talk about how it's co-creating with our actual animal that correct. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so true. Cause it's like, after, like, I, I have to share this because it's like when I was, cause there was a period where there was a few people who didn't like Dahlia and it like made me really uncomfortable and nervous. So every new dog that came in, I was like, Oh my God, don't bark, don't bark, don't bark. And like, it's cooling down. So there's really not as many new dogs coming in. And I've just been so much more calm. And like, there were two new dogs that came into the park this morning and Dolly just went out and sniffed and like waved her tail and like was fine. And I was like, oh, it's probably because I'm not panicking that she's going to go over and bark. Absolutely. Absolutely. So cool. Yep. I realized that one day, I mean, I, I learned more about myself and my own unconscious habits on a daily basis with this too. Right. Um, and my dogs are so naughty on the leash, which is my own fault, <laughs> but same also. yeah, <laughs> the dog park, they're excellent. Right. But yeah. <laughs> on the home turf, any other dog in the neighborhood, they're like, this uh, is my space. And I keep yes, telling them that, well, that other dogs sense. live here, but, <laughs> but I realized one day when I was avoiding someone who had a dog. And I was telling myself, oh, I, you know, want my dogs to walk by quietly and calmly. And they still got kind of aggressive. And I realized, well, of course, they're not going to approach them friendly because am I being friendly? I'm not. My energy is completely closed off. I'm not even acknowledging that other human being. I'm Mm -hmm. not saying hi. I'm not waving. I'm completely rigid, trying to keep my dogs focused somewhere else. So what do you think they're going to do? They're going to respond exactly to that energy, right? Yes. So I was like, oh, so now I wave and I try to make it as light as possible and continue them walking. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so, it's so helpful. They are there. There are little mirrors and they're also helping us realize what's in our subconscious. Like, yes. Yeah. Oh my God. amazing. Amazing. Oh, this has been so fun, Alex. Thank you Me so too. much. I loved it. Thank insight. you. Yes. Okay. Where can people find you if they want to book a session with you? What's the best way to do that? Um, give us the details. Yeah. Great question. So I am on TikTok and on Instagram. My handle on both is the same. It's at pet talk with Alex. Perfect. And we're going to link both of those in the show notes. So if you yep. need to like get the visual of that yes. or click the link, we'll have the links there for you guys. Yes. And all of the information to either join any of my courses. I also have a free meditation, a connect with your pet meditation. Talk to us about that. Like you have courses to help people who want to learn how to do this as well. Correct. I do. So I teach a group course um, four times a year. My next class will start on January 10th. Um, On all of my social media profiles, I have a link in my bio that takes you to all of my services, including my free meditation, um, my course information, as well as how to book with me. So my calendar is set up there so that you can book on your own as well. 
Perfect. And again, we will link all of that in the show notes. Definitely connect with Alex. Her content is amazing. And you just have to connect at least for the stories because I giggle every time you have something <laughs> new. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> awesome. Thanks again for Thank being here, Thank you so Alex. much. Yes.